0: Listening to Feedback with Nick Carter and Lori Majewski. Volume Sirius XM
1: 106.
2: Chris Bridges, known on the mean streets of everywhere as Luda. Ludacris. Props to you for getting him away from all his acting and hosting nonsense and getting him back on stage to actually bust some some bars, if you will. Sirius XM106 volume, Nick Carter, Lori Majewski, Gus Wener is joining us. Of the Rolling Stone winners?
0: That's right. <laughs>
1: yes. It's, I'm glad to, to get you out here. I feel, I was saying to Nick before, I feel like you don't do a lot of press. So I feel very privileged to have you with us today.
0: Well, I'm
2: very happy to be here. <laughs> well, let's be honest, nobody really considers us press, so you still don't do
1: a lot of press. Right. <laughs> well, I'm the press. I'm a journalist. Yeah, okay. Great. I, I worked for the Wenner organization for years, and um, I think that one of the coolest things about having Gus here today is, you know, your dad meant a lot to me uh, as as a journalist and, and getting to work for Wenner. And when you took over a couple of years ago, you know, there was this sense of, oh, he's, he's kind of young. Oh, he's Jan's son. But I think very quickly, people that I know, the Dave Browns of the world who work and Rob Sheffield, like you gain people's respect really, really quickly. And I, I thought that was pretty cool, pretty cool stuff.
0: Well, thank you for saying that. I mean, it it was a very specific and kind of amazing moment where we really had to build something new as media was changing so much and the old formula kind of wasn't going to work anymore. I mean, parts of it were going to work. The commitment to excellent storytelling and quality, but um, in terms of who we are as a company and how we think about the stories that we put out and where we put them out and growing our website, um, we really had to build something completely new, kind of brick by brick over the last several years, and it's been a total pleasure and um, love doing it. We well, trade.
1: magazines are closing every day, and you just rebranded. Yeah, like that's say. what's so cool.
2: We trade each other, you know, like Rolling Stone stories all the time, like via email or whatever. But I tell you, man, I miss I miss that. I just miss
0: holding it and like,
2: you know. I mean, you it still literally. Can. I know. It actually
1: but... has heavier stock and is pretty glamorous these days.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> our our feeling is that the the magazine has has to be a little different. So we, as you point out, put it on heavier paper stock and went back to the oversized format and made it a monthly from a bi-weekly. Um, and it's really something that, like, like we want to be an object and uh, something people can keep and put on their bookshelf. Uh, the cover is an amazing thing and so special and such a kind of, like, iconic image, and we want to leverage that and make it even more important. But the speed of, you know, we're publishing probably 50 to 60 stories a day online um, over. 120 if you count what we publish on social media and in video so that's where kinda the bulk of what we produce goes but the best of what we produce goes in the magazine and And you still
1: get access like nobody else I mean Andy Green going to Pete Townsend's house outside of London a few weeks ago that Johnny Depp story from this past year right. you know where the writer spent days behind you know the, the gates of Johnny Depp's like mansion overseas like yeah, has he put a hit out on no stories yeah uh, <laughs> That story was
2: disturbing. It
1: was disturbing, but it showed the access. I mean, remember, it was back in the day, it was Vanity Fair and Rolling Stone. Vanity Fair doesn't get that access anymore. Rolling Stone still, Pete Townsend still calls Andy Green and says, I want you to come to <clears throat> London and hear the new Who, you know, record, the new Who tracks that no one's heard before.
0: The, there's no question that the magic of what we do is the people that are in that building of which you were one. And we value those people. To the utmost degree. it Without the access, without the great writing, the great videography, photography, then who are we? Um, so it is everything we think about is putting together the best group of journalists that we possibly can. In the last seven months, we've grown our editorial staff by 40%. Our full-time editorial staff. Wow. In your yet. 51st wow.
1: year as a thing, you've grown 40%.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, before we go down the uh, the Rolling Stone rabbit hole, we should hit on what's going on for Super yeah. Bowl weekend because we came in with ludicrous. This is a... Uh...
1: You didn't get Maroon 5, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> Sorry, we've been spending days <laughs> kind of trying to figure out the Maroon 5 Feels thing. like months, but... <laughs> <laughs> Years.
2: <laughs> so uh, break it down for us.
0: Putting on an event, <clears throat> our eighth year, eighth consecutive year, putting on an event around the Super Bowl. It's the night before, February 2nd, on Saturday. We, obviously Super is in Atlanta this year, so it's very important to us to honor that. I think that there's no question Atlanta is one of the most exciting, if not the most exciting music city, and this is probably topic for debate, but um, potentially the most exciting music city in the country now. And <clears throat> we wanted to put together a lineup to uh, you know, really honor that and blow it out and put on just the outstanding, super memorable event. So we've got Ludacris, we've got Young Thug, who, in my mind, is doing some of the most interesting and important music in Atlanta right now and really kind of, like, evolved rap as a genre.
2: Yeah, he just has to stay
0: alive. He's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. He, <laughs> he, he, but But a fascinating person and... In my, I really believe it's super, super talent. Um, we've got Gunna, who is kind of him and Lil Baby. We, Lil Baby's not performing. Wow, yeah, and uh, <laughs> he he is of the kind of next generation of Atlanta rappers. I think kind of the him and Lil Baby are are probably the best and most talented. And uh, we've got Questlove DJing. We've got Lil Keed, who's even a generation below, uh, Gunna. So it's a it's an exciting. It will be an exciting evening and very special and I think fun. Which Let me is just say this object. before
2: we go further. I think, because we've talked about this on the show a lot, when we saw that the Super Bowl was going to be in Atlanta, the first thing we thought was before it was announced who was going to play, we were like, well, is hip hop going to be represented? Um, you know, I mean, for the longest time, Southern hip hop got no love, got no props. You know, but guys like Ludacris, guys like Outkast, of course, you know, the whole Jermaine Dupree thing, it just became a mecca. And these guys, I mean, this is this is a hip hop show, yeah. you know, with the exception of Questlove, who pretty much is the universal solvent who can play anything, but he's steeped in hip hop culture, mm-hmm. and it's amazing to me that it almost seems like with Maroon Five, with Big Boy, and with uh, Travis Scott, a they threw some black people on there, but it almost seems like an afterthought. Just like we're in Atlanta, we got to get some hip hop in there, and I'm sure Maroon Five wanted that too, but I mean, this is this is this is pretty <coughs> impressive. <clears throat>
0: I mean, I yeah, I wish that the halftime show sort of represented the tradition of Atlanta hip-hop a little more. I mean, the dream, and, of course, easier said than done, but would have been to have gotten Outkast back together.
2: Can you imagine?
0: Yeah.
2: I, Can you imagine? I, I. You wouldn't have had to do anything ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I got Big Boy and Andre together. All yeah. right.
0: I, I think there was some talk of it um, amongst different parties, uh, but if I were involved with the NFL that would have put all resources. I mean, and of course they have to satisfy lots of people and advertisers. Um, But, and listen, we work with advertisers. We have Mercedes as our primary partner for this whole event and they're great. And we're very behind wanting to do something real Atlanta hip hop. um, So that's been great as well. But, But
2: I honestly think that to that point and, you know, no shot to Travis Scott. I mean, he's one of the biggest stars of the moment. But I think that would have satisfied more people in that regard, an outcast reunion than, say, Travis Scott. Because, I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, they're both kind of cultural icons now, Travis Scott's on his way. You know, I mean, and and you can't deny the power of that Astro World record. But, I mean, outcast is outcast. Everybody knows an outcast song. Your grandmother knows Hey
0: Ya. Yeah, I mean, that's
1: (laughs) anthemic and a party song that would have been perfect. Or Miss
2: Jackson. Everybody knows at least one outcast song.
0: You're... You're preaching to the choir. I, I mean, I really, Outcasts would have been just spectacular.
1: Well, for I mean, we're talking about Super Bowl. I mean, what's interesting about what the Super Bowl is doing versus what um, Rolling Stone is doing with your with your big game bash is that you're actually coming into Atlanta and giving Atlanta a party that celebrates Atlanta. <clears throat> the Super Bowl has a different game plan they have to you know really satisfy 50 states you know but you're celebrating the music of atlanta which is really cool and multi-generational because you could say to yourself well you know ludicrous you know he's he's been around for a while but i love that you have so many different tiers the only thing i, w- I would like to see a woman on here but other than that i love that you're celebrating hip-hop and several generations of it
0: yeah absolutely i mean it was our number one goal was to celebrate Atlanta. And the minute that we found out that the game was gonna be in Atlanta, um, we were committed to it. As I said, I think just in terms of music more broadly, it's really important right now. And you think about the great music cities over the years, Detroit, LA, um, it, this is Atlanta's moment. So to, to honor that is is of the utmost priority for us. Um, and just, as I said before, to put on something fun, you know? Uh, we are working to get a, a female musician on the bill right now, and hopefully by Thank the end you. of the day, that will be complete. And I'll we say
1: love it that. and we'll we'll talk about it tomorrow. And
2: I'll say it. It's a great lineup, and it's really interesting and uh instructional to see Rolling Stone completely embracing hip hop because had a little had a little misstep with hip hop early on. You know, and and this is a, a
1: That might have been before Gus was even right. in school. Right. But, <laughs> I I'm mean, saying, to be but I'm
2: saying I'm saying this is a guy I'm saying this is a guy who is a lifelong Rolling Stone, you know, subscriber who like I couldn't wait to run to, you know what I mean? And 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 I don't fault anybody for that. I mean, I just think for a long time it was sort of an unproven commodity. Black people were like, This isn't real music, it's not gonna last.
0: I I think it's it's fair in a in a sense. I think there's definitely been like, seminal coverage of hip-hop over the years. You think back to the Ice-T cover with him in the police uniform. and So they're, they're the Tupac cover, which is iconic. But I do think there's a major difference between what I'll call, like, firework journalism, which is, you know, you, you do one story, but you're not really covering something consistently. And then covering something consistently. So the big change we've made recently is, I mean, hip-hop is as we've talked about, one of the most important, if not the most important genres in popular culture at this moment, we publish every day. We have multiple journalists covering different beats within hip-hop every single day. Our current cover has Travis Scott. Um,
1: Cardi's been on the cover twice in the last year.
0: Cardi's been on the cover twice in the last year. Um, so it's it, it's a major part of, of the, the mix of what we're covering and honestly probably the thing we in terms of music are covering the most at the moment
1: there's no source magazine the way there used to be i mean yeah. when i was coming up with teen people teen people and source were the two things that hip-hoppers wanted to be in truthfully it was really Teen people wanted to be in how did how is rolling stone like reposite when, when you do a show like this when you do the big game bash and you have young thug and Gunna and lil Keed, um ludicrous of course it, does that reposition yourself? Like, are you a get now? Would you consider Rolling Stone a get? As much as you're a get to Pete Townsend mm-hmm. and Roger Daltrey, are, would you consider yourselves a get to hip-hoppers? Like, are they really actively trying to get in the pages and on your website?
0: Yeah, I think absolutely. And it it's a process. But when we relaunched and we had um, Cardi B and Offset from Migos on the car, I don't know if you remember that yes, shot. That was she hot. was pregnant. Um, and that That was a really powerful image, and uh I mean it reached on our social media like fifteen million people in the first three days or something I mean it was it was big and it it had real cultural effects. So you do things like that, and uh people notice and want to be involved, and we've seen a lot of it. so I do think we are get i'm I don't think it was a shoe in I don't think we were as important to the hip-hop community two years ago. But I think with every sort of commitment we make to it um, and the more seriously we take it, the more important we are. And I think that uh, we've seen, particularly like you look at our current cover with Travis Scott, that these people want to give us a lot of access, mm. a lot of time and mostly, I think, do something iconic. You know, I think that's what they look for us to do, and, and create an image that's going to last for their entire career, and that. Well,
1: an image. You yeah. pay, You spend money on photo shoots, which mm-hmm. you know me. I'm old school. Photo shoots were <clears> everything. <throat> you had Annie Leibowitz from the beginning. You know, as sexy as some of these websites, these new up and comer websites are. They don't, they don't give you the photo shoot. There's something iconic, long-lasting about the Rolling Stone cover and cover shoot that even if it reaches less people in hand, those those images go viral.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Oh, last time we were at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the first thing I zeroed in on, because I was with Alan Light, who wrote the story in the interview, I was like, dude, the Ice-T cover. Yeah. As you just mentioned, him dressed as a cop. Which, I mean, to this day, I, I remember that. And I remember when I went downstairs at my mom's house and picked that up, and I was like, holy shit. Because, I mean, they were on his ass then. And that only just poured kerosene on the fire. I mean, that was just one of those moments in culture that you you kind of had to experience. You can't really describe it. Because, I mean, I you know, today, he's been playing a cop on TV for 20 years. Like, people don't know how hot it got for him as yeah. a result of Cop Killer.
0: And super relevant, you know, that that's it issue i saw yesterday i was down at um press conference that jay-z and meek mill put on with a coalition of people michael rubin dan Loeb. uh they committed 50 million dollars to uh justice reform um which was a powerful kind of thing to see and just hearing meek mill's story and uh yeah i mean it's was an incredibly important issue then is hopefully more important now Hmm.
1: so um you just wanted to mention, Matt. Well, you guys were talking of- about
0: access to access to
2: hip-hop, and, I mean, one of the biggest players in the game right now, Kendrick Lamar, Brian Hyde, who hosts Rolling Stone Music Now, which you can catch here Fridays at 1 p.m. on Volume, he had a great in-depth interview with mm-hmm. Kendrick. I think it was August of yeah. 2017. I mean, it was just the access he got and the, and, and, and the length of it was just, was just phenomenal. But th- in terms of, you were just talking about the, the response on social and everything, are you seeing a bit of a generational divide? Because I'm sure to some folks, because Rolling Stone is one of those things that it's just been in your lives for years, 50 years. You know, like if somebody who, again, we mentioned Pete Townsend, you know, if you're one of the old school heads, you're like, all right, I expect to see Pete Townsend on the cover of Rolling Stone. What's the response like when you get <clears throat> the Travis Scott to the world?
0: It, it, I'm really glad you, you asked. I mean, it is so important, and it's a really unique aspect of who we are, and, and what we do is that we can touch kind of multi generations and we will go where the most compelling story is that's our philosophy and that that is really to, to have the leeway and ability to kind of cover it all in a in a real way and be serious and have credibility and access across the board across generations is is really critical but to your point you know as you're kind of evolving and and as the sort of times change it's a very delicate balance and we spend hours on end with every single issue, with every day, and looking at the lineup of what we're putting out online and social media and video, kind of talking about that balance and figuring out what the right mix is. And it's always led by the quality of the story, first and foremost. But again, if you look at our last year of covers, I mean, there's it, it's kind of really run the gamut. Um, we, Interestingly, our two biggest selling covers of the year were... Sean Mendes. Wow. Which was the cover before last and Stephen Colbert.
1: Wow. And you talk about the quality of the story. I mean that Sean Mendes story talking yeah. about his anxiety and struggle, you know, in the harsh face of like being a pop star in 2019, 2018 at the time and the idea of he talks so openly about anxiety, you know. So, yes, it's great to have a good-looking guy like Sean Mendes on your cover and, you know, like you used to sell Gazillion of NSYNC and Backstreet in the day. But it's really about th- the story. I mean, that story, it broke my heart a bit yeah. to think that this boy, at the height of his fame, isn't really enjoying it mm-hmm. because he's worried that, you know, the the crux of that story is um, people thinking he's gay whether he is or not that caused him a lot of anxiety and I think that was a really good example of Rolling Stone taking an artist that you know someone who's been subscribing since 1969 may not understand or get but it's an age old promise a story of coming coming to fame you know and while you're dealing with being a 17 year old, 18 year old, 20 year old kid.
0: Yeah and that was when you know and I want to give a credit to Lior Cohen who was the one who was really on me about how important of an artist Sean Mendes
2: get Sean was. on the cover get him
0: on <laughs> but but the, the whole thing was like yes but we really need to to tell a story here and have like full access and uh, not just kind of do something surface and that that was like the critical piece and his team Sean Mendes' team was all about you know they really were committed to that and they saw this as kind of a moment to really open up, um, so that's a cool place to be in. I thought it was a great visual. I thought it was a great story. Patrick Doyle was the writer and he just did an outstanding job with it. And I, I think Shawn Mendez is a super talent. So we were up happy for a to. for Grammy. Yeah, but Lori, so more- I'm second.
1: I was just gonna say we have Gus here today, Gus Wener, because. Um, you are, we're talking about the Rolling Stone Big Game Bash, but another big thing that's happening this year is Woodstock 50. Mm-hmm. So talk about, you know, in terms of walking that line, it's so symbolic that your, your dad hands you the baton to... Now. You know, <laughs> yes, because we're talking about, you know, the Super Bowl being one of the most important pop culture things of the moment, you know, of the year, and you have all these of-the-moment hip-hoppers on it. But now you're also looking down the pike at August at the 50th anniversary i mean that was an iconic rolling stone cover i mean clearly i wasn't around for it but i mean that there was a naked man with his son on the cover so are you thinking about how to cover that as well right now
0: well i'm curious to see how the event evolves i mean uh i hope it's Massive and and uh, they deliver an incredible lineup and uh they, they haven't announced
1: no, no in a few Not weeks yet. they will but yeah. they're saying that it's supposed to be I mean there's hints that it could be a band like a Pearl Jam or something like that but multi generational artists with voices using their voices for change as yeah.
2: opposed to '99 which was just Commerce.
0: But that's <laughs> what Rolling Stone was predicated
1: upon—the idea of the intersection of art and politics. Right. And so now we're looking at it again, but after two false starts.
0: I'm very excited to see what happens with this, and I've heard many things about how it's coming together, and um, hoping it's it's a huge success and that it can be, you know, rise to the status of of its original. Um, when when it, but the cover you mentioned is amazing that image of the guy with the long hair and his and his kid and um so i'm we're kind of on the sidelines at the moment watching but uh hopefully we'll be heavily involved in it you know
2: I, I, Lori mentioned this earlier and um there's something to it because we talk of course rolling stone when you think about it your mind goes to music first but it really is about culture you know whether you're um endorsing a political candidate for president there's something about the four words, whether it's Barack Obama or Travis Scott or Kendrick Lamar on the cover, and the words "The Rolling Stone" interview next to them. It's <clears throat> a big deal. I, I mean, I'm invested <clears throat> already. A lot of times, if it's artists that I'm not even particularly a fan of, I'm in.
0: We are March issue, um, and when I say issue, I just want to be clear. It, it there's the the print element of it right and the thing we keep talking about the cover which is that iconic image but there's so much content around it there's so much that we're producing around these things online in social media in video um but our march issue will have um i think will be our our strongest one of our strongest covers in the last many years and it's it's cultural and uh non-music but um it those moments, the Rolling Stone interview, those conversations um <clears throat> stretching into politics and culture, which are the things that kind of derive from the music, uh probably fifty percent of what we do, maybe forty five percent of what we do. Um, hugely important to us. Hugely important to us.
1: Well, I mean, your dad interviewed presidents. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what even presidential candidates, mm. you know. Um do you find yourself in a similar position where you know your dad was a journalist and in a lot of ways you're a businessman but you are the face of of the company is there a, is there any desire on your part to 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 do that part of it to sit down with a president or to sit down with these cultural icons you know at the in the same way he did is it something that you may grow into or
0: well i think that he, he is one of the great editors of all time and I'm not, <laughs> and, uh, he, I, I feel that our most talented people and, and any subject requires a different journalist in, in most occasion, you know what I mean? If we're interviewing a great director, you want our sort of chief music, movie journalist, um, on that, d- depending, um. So my, my philosophy is to to have the best person for the job lead those conversations and those moments and those interviews. And like you said, we're in a moment where the business is kind of, we're, we're evolving our, our model and uh, evolving how we operate as a company, how money comes through the door. Um, so most of my focus is there. Um, I definitely am very aware that I am not, my dad in terms of his, uh, incredible talent as an editor, um, an interviewer. Uh, but as I said before, the quality of the content, the quality of the storytelling is the number one thing, uh, that I, I think about and we think about and it's our North star. And without that, I just believe we're, we're nobody. And That
1: restraint is what really impresses me about you because someone with the last name Wenner could have stepped into this role and saw it and had a lot more ego to it. And I think that that's a pretty impressive thing about you, Gus, is that you say, I'm not my dad. And my dad was one of the greatest interviewers of all time. And you kind of taken this immersive role. And that's why I was interested when I said today, I was like, I think it's really interesting that Gus is coming in because you've really played this great behind the scenes role that hasn't been about ego or, you know, your last name. And I think that's one of that's a total credit to you. Thank and that's you. why I think the magazine's doing so well. The brand, I should say. Were you
2: invited so well. to speak at Dr. Hook's memorial
1: service? No, <laughs> 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 Just kidding. <laughs>
2: All right, so you want to get back to the Super Bowl a little bit? Before... I, would, I would love to. Because, again, you know... Um... Are you
1: going, Gus?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, Go no. Pats. Go Pats. Go Pat. Oh! Well, thanks for coming you in, were guys. Good luck. No, first of all, <laughs> I didn't say one thing. It's, I'm excited because it's gonna be a great game, um, and that's actually great for us. You know what I mean? Like if it were two teams that the country weren't as excited about, I think the buzz around you know Super Bowl in general, and but the fact that it's in Atlanta and you've got the two best teams in the league, truly, uh, and put pro- the greatest quarterback of all time, it's it just makes everything kind of heightened it'll make our event heightened more fun um more energy but yes very excited for the game but go giants <laughs> so you're just gonna say, now you sound
1: like your fucking dad <laughs> <laughs> what, what
0: what
1: um what's one of your favorite super bowl performances of all time uh not by the uh, not by um players yeah Half-time right right <laughs> yeah no
0: i i got you um <clears throat> Just halftime show, because I would say not halftime show, but Super Bowl performances, Whitney Houston performing the National Anthem. Um, I also want to say Marvin Gaye's performance. This was the NBA All-Star Weekend. But but Marvin Gaye's performance of the National Anthem was... We talk about that so much, they finally put it out, because for the longest time, uh, my buddy
2: had a VHS, and we made dubs. like, when he stepped to center court and sang it like sexual healing. And I remember, like, when I was a kid... My parents used to listen to a lot of AM talk radio, and people lost their minds
0: the yeah. next day.
2: They were jazzing it up, you know, just freaking out.
0: But but the national anthem that he—I don't know if you remember, you remember that one. Yep. Yes. It, and it's like he—you never heard the national anthem yes. performed like this. And he's got that backing track. Uh, that's my so I didn't answer your question. But <laughs> halftime shows, um, Prince obviously unbelievable with the pouring rain. Uh, like how much? Just the drama of that was—that's probably my favorite Super Bowl half-time show. I Prince. think it's
1: m- mine and Nick's as well. Well, your 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 pregame show, your big game bash. Um, how did that's been going on for eight years? How did this get started? Like, how were were you even there yet when they started it? No. Okay, so maybe you could speak to some of the people you've had over the years, even.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, we've had everyone from uh Nas, Busta Rhymes, Aerosmith, uh Diplo. I mean it's really ran the gamut of sort of every type of musician over the years. Uh El King, um Wow. Di- big DJs, I, mean, I mentioned Diplo, but uh I think we had Tiesto one year. So I mean it's it's wow. been party stuff. Yeah, I mean it's it is a party. Like we are catering to people who are down there and wanna have fun, but as I said it Putting on a great bill that sort ter- of is fits the theme of the city to some degree and uh, kind of delivers an an editorial view on what's happening in music uh, is is important. But yeah, we want to have people have fun.
2: Would it kill you to get a little fog hat in there? <laughs> Just a little fog hat, maybe a little molly hatchet. <laughs> it's Atlanta. <laughs>
1: Um, well, before we let you go, I have to ask how your dad's doing. I know that he had a really tough last year, um, physically, and uh, you know, we've been pulling for him, and and so I want to know how he is and if you could send him our love.
0: I will. Um, he's doing great, he's he's got his mojo back. I mean, yeah, he it was a, a tough year health wise, but he's he's back in the groove and um doing really well so I'm very very happy about that
1: well when I saw the two of you together when he first introduced me to you I saw how proud he was of you and um, I saw it in his eyes and, and I just wonder it, it we all wondered how hard it was going to be for him to let go you know do, do, how often does he give you advice how often do you go to him for advice
0: all the time <laughs> uh, I mean, this is his we,
2: child, as are you. But I mean, it's just like, which one are you talking about? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we've discussed we've that. But you, know what, that. <laughs> but you uh, know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, no, it, it's look, he, to have that resource um, is more than anyone in the role that I'm in could ask for. I mean, who has more insight on, uh, you know, and by the way, we disagree all the time. And, yell at one another and you know and walk out of the room laughing but probably not laughing at the same time uh but no it's it's a amazing resource to have him uh his guidance his creative insights his ability to book certain people Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's really it's invaluable well Um, that
2: said where what are your thoughts on the rock and roll hall of fame particularly this year
0: uh In terms of the inductees yeah i think it's gonna be a really exciting show i do want to also say we did a deal recently uh we're part of a company called pmc and there's a the guy who runs that company jay penske is also an unbelievable resource an asset to everything we're doing and to me um so it's in in that regard there's a great kind of infrastructure and team around what we're doing that believes in this future and this mission um and we intend to be on this mission for a very long time. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think, will be a great, great show. I think it's a really exciting lineup.
1: Who's your most, who are you most excited for? And I know you'd probably say Radiohead, <laughs> but I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, uh, Radiohead, Stevie Nicks.
1: I um, disappointed in Tom York. Can can your dad put in a call? And I was gonna say, hey, how, <laughs> say how, hey. How
2: many do you think actually show up? We know Radiohead's <laughs> gonna be a no-show because Tom York's not going. <clears throat> Brian Ferry may be on the fence. We
0: you never know. I don't- i don't know i don't know um it's all it's the question with every hall of fame year is who who's going to show who is and in certain cases people not showing has kind of made the show better and nuttier and um who was it like dd D. ramon who wrote that wild letter and like so i mean it's it's always the uh sort of who's who's gonna come who's obviously it'd be great to have all of radiohead but I, I don't know.
1: But that's almost, that's rock, rock and roll. Yeah. Like the uncertainty, the danger, the like, the idea of like Tom York doing that, you know, and, and then, who knows, now that he didn't get an Oscar nomination, I said the other day, I was like, Tom, we're still here. Uh, Come uh, to the Rock Hall. Uh, <laughs> I
2: seem to have a little uh, opening of my schedule and uh, <laughs> you said should, you should too late. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gus, thanks man. I Thank mean, you. We we're, were just saying off air, it's like, this is cool because he doesn't really talk that much that we know of so it's nice to talk yeah Yeah.
1: it was wonderful to have you here and please seriously give your dad our love give him my love i miss him a lot and um a lot of the reason i'm sitting in this chair is because of him cool um want to just remind everybody that rolling stone is having a big game bash um atlanta it's going to be on february 2nd and uh Ludacris, Young Thug, Gunna, Lil Keed, DJ Questlove, which he's DJed one of the best parties I've ever gone to in my life. The amount of music that it's he DJs like no one else. He's
2: going to play everything. Like when you see him spin, it's everything from like Jay Dilla to Vivaldi. Like you just like what is happening?
0: He played our Halloween party, like our staff Halloween party this year. And uh well, last year, uh, several months ago. <laughs> and just, like, it was so fun. He had everyone dancing so much. I mean, it was just like a no-brainer right, to have him be at this event. Because, yeah, you're right. He's the best DJ you could have. And well, again, you guys, seriously, Rolling Stone. Well, if they I get
1: mean, him, if they get Questlove to DJ the Halloween party, I could say Rolling Stone's pretty much still hot. <laughs> I mean, that's their Halloween party, Nick.
2: But Rolling Stone repping hip-hop hard in Atlanta. Much respect, man. Thank you. What Thank you, you, you for having me. Thank yeah. you, man. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on Feedback. <clears throat> hey, Ray. Hey, Sugar. Oh. Tell them who we are. Well, we're big rock singers. We got golden fingers. And we're loved everywhere we go.
1: That sounds like us. We sing about beauty and
2: we sing about truth at $10,000 a show, right? Feedback returns kind of of in just a we moment. Give us all kind of thrills, but the thrill we never know. It's a thrill that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling
1: Stone. Rolling Stone.